0: Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Rollo and Slappy show. Today is April 3rd, 2017. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones 2 and we are both at McFlugel.com. The show notes page for this episode is McFlugel.com slash 33. So let me send it right over to Slappy to introduce our episode topic.
1: Yeah, Thank you, Rollo. Thank you everyone for listening in today. Today we have a I think, a pretty good topic. Uh, we're going to talk about how to acquire property. Uh, Rollo currently has somewhat of a unique situation going on uh, where he lives, and um, we thought it would be a good idea to discuss ways to acquire property because uh, people don't think about it. You know, we, we all know we have stuff, but how do you prove it's yours? And so, uh, Rollo, why don't you tell the story?
0: So, believe it or not, this is not directly about a tractor, but I'm sure I'll talk about it so
1: 1971
0: right yeah low boy 154 so so my neighbor to the north of me was an older older guy uh lived in a dilapidated house like the the roof was literally caving in their windows broken out he's got from what i've counted at least 19 cars on his property and two tractors
1: is that being sarcastic
0: no, I'm. De- I counted the other
1: day. There's, there's, a, there. I kind, counted 19 kind of, cars. I don't want to get too far off track, but like, what kind of cars are we talking about?
0: There's everything from a, like a late '80s model Chevy Suburban, some looks like Buicks, kind of like '80s, early '90s models, and then also some old pickup trucks. And nice. it looks like a car from the '30s or something. Wow! And some of them are just completely wrapped in vines. So well, they just rotted out. Yes. Yeah, and he's got okay, anyway, and he's got two uh, farm all tractors. There you go. That I've oh, as soon as I bought I the house, I've been looking at them. So it's, let me guess, you want to acquire them? It, basically. <laughs> well, why don't you continue? Obviously. This so, and and his property's all the vines from his property. They're they're literally. Several inches thick, a lot of them, they're killing trees, and that's, that's kind of a side thing. So his property's a mess, an old guy, and um, actually had some some mental issues. It so was, It was actually pretty sad and unfortunate what was going on, but I found he recently passed away. And from talking to some neighbors, I found out that he has no next of kin, and I assume he has no will. And so basically his, his property's being unoccupied right now. And this, what happens, I was looking it up, what happens in Pennsylvania is that they will look for, the government that is, will, will look for anyone who they can find as, as a family member and, and they would give them the estate. And otherwise it would, it would go to the state and they would somehow manage, manage the estate. So I've been talking to you know coworkers and friends about it, and and it's funny. A lot of people say, "Oh, why don't you just go over and take it over?" I said, "Yeah, like homesteading, right?" They don't they don't argue with me there. So I think I think people are kind of half joking about it, but also implicitly understand the homesteading principle and and how to acquire property. So let's say, and I'm, I'm not going to do this. Because the state would come in and, and claim ownership of it, and they do have bigger guns than me um, let's say I did go over and start cleaning up his property and cutting down the trees, removing the vines, getting rid of the brush, cleaning the cars out, taking the tractors back to my house, and rebuilding them uh you know and and taking care of his house, probably demoing the house because i don't I don't see how that house is going to survive. How could anyone say that that's that property wouldn't become mine or anyone who, who decides to do that. And maybe if I was working on one part of the property and someone, another neighbor came over and started working on another, you know, who who would say that that the portion that I cleaned up wasn't mine and the portion that the other neighbor cleaned up wasn't his. So I think it demonstrates how that is a legitimate way to, to create acquire property is is through homesteading through kind of mixing uh doing something with it that no one else has has done
1: yeah so so one way i like to explain homesteading of course we can talk about islands uh which libertarians love to talk about but one we all own ourselves nobody owns you nobody has a right to you just like if i own a machine And I put some fabric through the machine and a t-shirt comes out. I own the t-shirt. And so I own myself and I mix my labor with something that becomes mine. As long as it wasn't previously owned, obviously I can't steal. So the reason we use the island is because now we have a whole lot of land that is just not developed. So if Rallo and I are on an island and I build a house and he builds a house, pretty much anyone, no matter where you're from, is pretty much going to be like, all right, well, that's that guy's house. He built it. Nobody – that's not really a – I don't think it's a very controversial thing. No, it shouldn't be because who –
0: other than the I mean, person that built it, assuming that the the land and the resources were previously unused or unowned. I, I hate to say unowned in this scenario because it kind of – I don't know if it defeats the purpose of the exercise. But let's say just previously unused, unoccupied land and resources. How could you say that that would be anyone
1: else's other than the person who who made it? Right, and and same if, say, on this island, after we built our little huts, we walk around and we find another house that's built, and we knock on the door and no one answers, and we come back a week later, we look around, it looks kind of old, kind of run down, we kind of look around for someone and nobody's there, whoever was there has passed away, it would seem that that would be ours now, had we decided to fix it up, keep it, use it for storage or whatever, Um, that would be... I think not too many people would argue that now say we took it over and then the guy brings his boat up and comes back and he says, Hey, this was mine. Well, then it's his, (laughs) right? We, it was his, you know, and, and uh, didn't abandon it. Just like I've heard people say when we talk about abandoned property, well, in a stateless society, how would someone who, you know, say the guy goes on vacation, you can't just say, Oh, it's abandoned property. I'm going to take it now. Um, obviously, that person going away in that scenario would probably alert his neighbors and say, "Hey, I'm just going away for a month or two months, or going to Florida for the winter. I'll be back." And also,
0: yeah, and people understand where vacations
1: are. <laughs> yeah, and, and and he would probably lock the doors and tell family members, "Swing by, check on the house, or you know, see what's going on," just like people do today.
0: Right. And let's say, and let's say you, you know, that situation happens or whatever. There's abandoned property, and you're not sure if the the actual owner exists anymore or what's going to become it. It's a risk of going over and taking it. And if, if the yeah, actual owner, sure. right. And if the actual owner comes back and says, this is mine, then it's, then it's his. And I'm sorry if you put in work in it and, and lost money over it, but you know, you took something that wasn't yours. I, I don't know what to tell you other than you messed up. But on the other hand, if, if the guy never returns and you kind of homestead it and take it as your property, then, you know, you've got a, a decent reward out of that. So, like anything else, you are got to do a cost-benefit
1: on it. Now, yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. So, who wants to waste all their time and energy redoing a house when the guy comes back from vacation next week and it's his? Right. And all of his neighbors are going to say, yeah, that's his. It's his. Get the heck out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And – um, but, okay, so kind of somewhat switching gears. We talk, we're talking about legitimate ways to acquire property, so um, one of them being homesteading. What about the argument that the colonists stole the land from the Indians, and so now for, therefore it is illegitimate, and we should give it back to the Indians?
0: Sure. So just to, not to correct.
1: Okay, that, but- I was going to say, if, okay, one, first of all, yeah, go ahead. No, we go we ahead.
0: both Slappy and I both live on land that was um, not stolen from the Indians, which is nice because William Penn made treaties and bought the land. So I love when people say that to me, and it's like, oh, I, I don't actually live on uh, on stolen yeah. property, but I'll go along with your little scenario anyway, just to to show that I can I can argue this point. But sure, say and say a, a, an Indian came, knocked with, on with, my door, and yeah.
1: For the sake of argument, let's say that literally there was a Native American Indian civilization here and on the land that you currently have, and the colonists came and literally stole it from them and kicked them out because that did probably happen in some parts of the country. Absolutely. So let's say that's the case in Pennsylvania. Right. So he he –
0: Right, he knocks on my door and says, "Here's this is actually my ancestor's land and I'm the rightful heir and here's proof of it." And say that that proof is is really kind of undeniable. Then it's his land. I don't uh, it's,
1: now. How can you say that? I, I'm, I'm kind of so. Sure. So what, what's I'm I'm obviously trying to lead you, but what what's the logic behind that? How if that's his great great grandfather's? How is that his land?
0: Well, because the land was stolen from his great-great-grandfather, so all of the transfers of ownership thereafter were illegitimate.
1: Right. So it's like what we often talk about, Rallo and I, uh, because this is what typically comes up in our conversations. Um, We're really cool, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. No, but but the stolen car scenario, right? So so, say I steal my neighbor's car, and I say, Hey, Rallo, I got a great deal on a— uh, 2012 Camaro, uh, five grand, it's yours. You give me the five grand, I give you the car. As far as you know, that was legitimate. Now my neighbor goes, you know, you, you stop by the house and they were, Hey, that's my car and has title, the proof and whatever, and, and goes and shows it to you. Um, it's now no longer your car, Rollo. <laughs> right now. So, okay. I'm going to, Gonna pose the question that we would probably get. So, what happens when someone's just stealing cars and selling them, and the owner never finds it? Well, I, I don't know. I guess the owner <laughs> never gets it back. What I happens today? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think if you look up the stats of recovered stolen cars, it's not very good. Right. Uh, unless it's a joy, joy ride and they junk it or, <laughs> or just leave it, but um there is a market for stolen cars, and they ship them overseas. And you're gone. Bye. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's that's why you want to buy insurance.
1: Insurance on it, right?
0: But yeah, so if that if that situation happened, and I bought this car from Slappy and his neighbor, actually shows that he's has the legitimate claim to it, then I would have to give the car back. It doesn't mean that I would then just be left with nothing. I could then sue Slappy and say I want my five thousand dollars back because you defrauded me. You I. When you're selling something to someone, as long as they don't say, oh, by the way, this stuff is stolen goods, then...
1: As it's, far as you know,
0: it's legit. Right. It's it's implied that you're, you're buying something that they have the actual uh, ownership of.
1: Right. You're not in the wrong unless you knew it was stolen or you asked me to steal or whatever. You knew it right. was stolen and you bought it, then you're wrong.
0: Right. And then you can, I mean... However I get my money back from you, is, yeah, I don't know. But but if, if I had no idea that the car was stolen, then I have—you stole my money, basically, because you defrauded me. Right,
1: I frauded you. I stole the money. So I would be then required to give you back that money or make all—or give you money plus interest or plus whatever. But let's say that there were three or
0: four unwitting transactions that happened— between uh, me getting the car and so, you stealing it,
1: yeah, you bought a five thousand dollar Camaro and went, "Wow, I can turn around and sell this for ten tomorrow." Right, I'm doing it,
0: and I do it, and then another guy does it. So at the end of the day, I mean, you can keep going back down the line and saying, "Like, oh, you stole, you sold me a stolen good. I want my money back." But it would all go back to the original thief, right? And so, really, what you could do is just kind of. Jump straight back. I mean, I'm sure there's. It sounds complicated and and convoluted, which I guess in maybe some crazy, but I, scenarios I, it might. But but as long as you can trace back, and I'm sure all the people who legitimately thought that they were on the up and up with these deals would work together. And and be forthright and honest about it, and say, hey, look,
1: I certainly. Look, I didn't know. Sorry. Right there, it is. Here's your money back. Yeah. Um. But okay, so let's talk about some of the other ways to acquire property, or the only two other ways to acquire property. Sure. So we talked about homesteading. So you have this giant land mass, and I, I guess what we're w- really the point in the in the homesteading point why why we bring that up and why it's important is that you can't stand on top of a mountain and say. Everything from here to the Pacific Ocean is mine. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> yes, because that's not a legitimate homestead. You didn't legitimately claim it. You can't just look at something and say it's yours. You have to somehow do something to make it yours, whether you build a house, build a fence, you have your cattle grazing on it. Um, it's clearly that you, it's clear that you've been doing that and it wasn't on anyone else's land. That's... And I think that was one of the issues um, out in Oregon a couple years back is the family had that ranch forever and their cattle always graze there and one day the government said well now it's mine right um
0: and doing that would be like uh calling shotgun before you see the car
1: yeah exactly exactly you can't do that that's a rule and everyone knows that um but it is and it's not legitimate to just say everything from the atlantic to the pacific is mine and now anyone who lives there will pay me money Right, or, or I throw them in jail. So what that's you have not, to
0: do is just call yourself a government and then say that the land is yours. That's the other one of the other two ways of acquiring yeah, property, so, right?
1: But that's not a legitimate claim. Um, but um, I don't know. It depends on that's how you want to define. Yeah, it's a tangent. Yeah, it depends on how you want to We don't have to do it, but we would just say that I don't see how in any world that's legitimate. Just to call yourself something else and now you see it, so it's yours. Um. But another way would be a voluntary transfer, right? Mm-hmm. We trade. We could trade dollars. We could trade services. We could trade cars. But what,
0: what makes that legitimate?
1: Because I own the dollars, the gold, the car that I earned or built myself. So I have the rights to that thing. I can now transfer those rights to you in return. If I well in return for something else and that would be the the, the selling uh, because you legitimately own something and I legitimately own something we can, we now have the rights to those things we can transfer those rights to someone else right
0: and even if it's for goods or money for services,
1: you own yourself so therefore you can exactly you can pay like one one thing uh, I used to work for a plumber when I was uh, younger. And all the guys in the trades, you know, they kind of knew each other. And all the time you would hear someone say, yeah, I'm putting in uh, a new bathroom at Mike's house and he's going to add an addition on my or something like that. You know, the carpenter will do something for him and he'll do something for them. There's no cash exchanged tax. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I have no clue if that's legal or not. Um because there's probably some way you have to be taxed for it. Yeah. I, I don't know. How, honestly, I don't know how it works. That's probably but the, the fact only is,
0: reason it would be illegal is because you're not paying taxes on it. Oh, that.
1: of course, of course. But the fact it doesn't change the fact that people kind of inherently understand these rules, and they're fine with making that trade to say, I'll redo your bathroom and you put an addition on the back of my house um, because I have plumbing skills and you have carpentry skills, and we can just trade them people know that they understand that and not too many people would look at that and say, no, that's wrong. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, you could, when we talk about trading dollars, dollars are just another good, um, or gold or any currency is another good, just like your carpenter service carpentry services Mm -hmm. and you, you can trade them. Um, but the third way to acquire property would is pretty simple is a gift. So I have certain skills, say I'm, say I'm a carpenter and I build a table, I could then give it to Rollo, just give it to him. He, it was mine. I had the rights and I transferred it and I didn't want anything in return.
0: I do need a dining room table and actually a whole dining room set. So if anyone wants to gift yeah, their gonna, property to me, then you know, by all means we can.
1: Yeah. I was going to tell you that this is just a hypothetical. I actually don't have any carpentry skills, so yeah. sorry. Oh so well but and to
0: go off on this a little bit more, you know someone might say, well what about inheritance is that does this mean that's not a legitimate way but I would say that inheritance is pretty should be pretty clearly seen as just another form of a gift
1: right and while most people and if you don't have a will you should get one yeah um, if you have any assets uh, but that's basically saying Um, Say, I put in my will that my wife's everything unless she predeceases me, then I'll give it to Rallo I put that in writing while I'm alive. I have witnesses see me sign it. We put it somewhere safe. Now, when I pass away, you know, I I transferred the rights to my stuff in this letter and put a time when it happens. And that triggering point is when I die. Um, And that's just a gift. (laughs) Right.
0: Well, how would that work? Already happens all the time. <laughs> it already happens
1: and it, and it has happened for all of time. People exactly, have yeah. always I, done that. Um, so, anyway, those are the three ways to acquire property. You can homestead it, you can buy it, sell it. Uh, to acquire, you would have to buy, or it can be gifted to you. And, and
0: let us know if you anyone out there listening has any situations where there it it seems like it's a confused, not a confused but maybe a challenging issues for how property rights should be handled. We love right to, and if
1: if we weren't explicit enough, just going to someone's house paycheck wallet, and taking something out of it is not a legitimate transfer <laughs> of property
0: but yeah it's there's always there's always scenarios that come up in in you know not that I'm saying just make something up because we can all make any scenario up that could basically beat any sort of system. But you know, if you, if you're aware of any actual situations going on, you say, Hey, this is really tough. I don't know how to handle it. You know, let us know, throw in a comment, send us an email or however you contact us with. We'll be happy to,
1: to talk, talk it out. It. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause, so, um, cause we're dorks and we think this stuff is
1: really cool. Yeah. We love this stuff and we like to talk about it. Um, but anyway, I think that, that's a pretty uh, – do you have anything else to add on, on acquisition of property? Because I, I think we kind of covered it.
0: No, yeah, um, other than I hope I somehow acquire my neighbor's tractors.
1: Right, and you have you know three ways to do it. One of them's already out of the question. You can't gift it to you. Right. So you're either going to have to homestead it or buy it. And homesteading's probably probably not going to work, so maybe there's some way to buy it. Yeah. but maybe maybe homesteading will work I, I don't know this the government
0: the local government where I live is actually pretty loose as far as I know
1: yeah so maybe, maybe they'll just say yeah take it I doubt it but you never know yeah um anyway do you have a free market story for this week
0: I actually do since we' were talking about some stuff about how the how the things would function without the government and I mentioned you mentioned someone said like oh but how would garbage collection happen i think we already talked about it as a free market solution that i get my i pay for my own garbage collection so in case if if that's one of the things that you think that the government has to do it's, i'm an example and millions of other people are examples that yes. that's not the case but then i brought up like oh fire should be completely obvious on how it how it should be could be wait, wait 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 by.
1: you're saying that people can put out fires without government involved yes Okay, no. well, well. tell me about this. Well, I'll use an actual example that happened. Now, before you go into the actual example, is that typically the response you get when you say fires can be handled privately? People usually say, oh, that's interesting, tell me more. No. Okay. They usually get called an idiot and, okay. oh,
0: uh, uh, that's basically, that's really what I just hear is, uh, I've, I don't so, usually hear good arguments. Yeah, so, so tell us, tell the
1: story. So if I
0: mentioned, I don't know if on the podcast, but throughout the blog I mentioned I work for, working in an oil refinery, and so we have our own fire department and emergency response because, you know, we have, it's kind of a higher risk uh, business than others, so we have the potential for fire, so it makes sense for us to be able to respond pretty quickly and, and put them out. And I don't know how long this ago this was this was probably at least a year ago i saw black smoke coming up from somewhere and looking around being like i don't think that's coming from our refinery and kind of looking going in the parking lot looking it was actually the business that was bordered us had a fire and our fire department from the refinery went and put it out and right when the fire was basically out you heard the the sirens from the local fire, local government fire department, starting to go off <laughs> when the fire was already put out. Well, I don't think they. I don't even know. I don't know if they. I have no idea because I'm not in the fire department. I'm not privy to these things. I don't know if they called us and said well, we've got a fire. Can you help us out? Or people in our company saw the fire and said, "Let's go put it out." There's a fire. We have the means to do it.
1: Now, I guess the devil's advocate type question if it is even a devil advocate question do you know if the other company compensated you for putting it out i i don't know for sure but i would be
0: very surprised if they did for one i mean nozzle nuggets love doing that kind of stuff so it's
1: yeah yeah of course that's why that's why they do it that's why they do the job (laughs) Um, not everyone wants to run into a fire. Right. It's not something a lot of people want to do, but some people do. And they provide a service and and good for them because we need them.
0: Well, and, and um, anyway, because if, if your neighbor's house caught on fire or something was – not even fire, but something was going on at your neighbor's house. That they either were unaware of happening or couldn't handle it by themselves. Did you stand there on your – at the property and be like, well, that's your property and you're not going to pay me for it, so –
1: of course not. But of course, now the argument we always, we always hear, which I think is a stupid argument, is, well, what if they did? Right. All right. Well, what if they did? Well, what if, what if you're sitting here and we have government fire and your neighbor's house is on fire and they're not there and nobody calls the fire department? Right. So, you know, whatever. You can make up all kinds of crazy scenarios. The, the bottom line is most people help each other. And if something seriously, if I saw someone breaking into my neighbor's house, I would do something.
0: Join them and steal stuff?
1: Probably. Um, That's betting. Well, if I could prevent it myself, I would. And if not, I would transfer that uh, right to someone else. Right. Um, Anyway, so because you have a private fire department, now you think poor people are going to have a private fire department. Great. Yes. Because, I mean, where
0: do poor people don't normally own a house? That may not be true, but a lot of them, let's say a lot of them rent, and so it's in the owner of the apartment building complex's best interest to make sure that if there is a fire that he can have it put out so his whole business isn't destroyed, and if you ever were to purchase your own house, um, chances are you want to buy homeowners insurance for it, and if you can't prove to your homeowner's insurance company that you are not able to put a fire out if it happens, and either they will not sell you a policy or the policy will be extremely expensive for them because no insurance company ever wants to have to pay out because if they did that all the time, they wouldn't be in business
1: or they would have well, to charge
0: exorbitant prices. Yeah,
1: I mean, they, they have actuarial tables and all that, and they would change them if their claims rates went way up. But another real story is just... Right at the top of my street here, and we live, or I live, in a suburban community. Um, your typical suburbs, the houses are, I, I can see both my neighbors. It's not like I have 10 acres of land here. Um, it was right at the top of the street. It's probably about eight houses up. Almost burnt to the ground. It basically, pretty much did. Um, and, of course, all the, they, they weren't home when it happened, and the neighbors did call the fire department. But the fire department probably would have saw the smoke in it. This was a huge fire. But
0: a, a, a government fire department,
1: so. Yeah, well, it was. But, you know, yeah. they, they came and put it out. And if it was private, they would have came and put it out. So, um, But uh, my, my point in this is, is you were talking about insurance companies and people always had this bad taste in their mouth. But if you talk to any of my neighbors about how, and I know it was State Farm because they said it was State Farm, handled their claim the people are thrilled yeah. with state farm. I'm, I'm not lying. They're like over the top happy that state farm put them up in a, ho- now this was all on the policy. It's not like it was just out of the goodness of their heart, but these policies are relatively inexpensive because how often do houses burn down? Especially if you have things in your house to prevent a fire, like Rollo was talking about. Um, and they put them up in a hotel and they're, they're, the house is actually almost rebuilt, which is all paid for by state farm. Um, and they took care of everything. They, two two cars, blew, it was really a big fire and really sad. Two cars blew up too, which were, were covered by insurance. Um, and so the insurance companies took care of everything. And I don't see why that wouldn't happen in a, in, a, in a free market. I think we would really heavily rely on these insurance companies. And their policies would be pretty good. And you'd be able to get what you pay for, essentially. And really, fire protection isn't that expensive because houses don't burn down all the time right and there's plenty of ways to prevent the
0: fires from happening in the beginning i don't want to turn this into another episode maybe we should have had this for minute, but whatever yeah uh, just just a quick thing the national fire protection agency which creates a lot of standards for how to especially in industry and businesses on how to uh, everything from cleanliness inside your your building or your warehouse or whatever to fire exits and and sprinklers it's a private code because they realized hey businesses are burning down so and that's really expensive to have to rebuild your your entire literally your physical business so let's let's spend a little bit of money up front to make sure it doesn't happen
1: Right so if, if you want us to insure your building you better have a sprinkler system in there otherwise we're not going to insure it cuz if it burns to the ground we have to pay a lot. Right. Now, so it, uns- it,
0: it was the free market that created fire prevention fire per- protection and prevention standards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so anyway um I guess we'll 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 end it on that before we go into a whole new episode. <laughs> yeah. If we didn't already. Yeah. Maybe um,
0: maybe I'll just split it in half there and we'll have next week's episode. We'll
1: take next week off.
0: Yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, this is 33. We
1: got 19 more before it's a year. A full year. And uh, maybe we'll start doing more than one a week one of these days. If we have enough stuff in our brains to talk about. Yep. Slappy said that, not me, so don't. Uh, yeah. Blame we're, him
0: we're, when it's still one episode for... A week now. we like what we're doing, and <laughs> yeah, we have fun. good
1: episodes, and uh, we thank you all for listening.
0: Yeah, we very much appreciate all of our listeners, and we would appreciate it even more if you would be so kind as to share with your friends and family and whomever you might think would be interested, so remember the show notes page is mcflugel.com slash 33, where you can subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher, also find links to listen to the episodes on YouTube, And also have links to follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. So with that, we thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, catch you next week. Peace.